This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. And today I am recording on my phone. So if you are watching this on YouTube, that might be why the quality isn't as like top tier as a camera. But I'll get into why I'm recording it on my phone. I wanted to start this intro off by kind of giving you a recap of the past two weeks because I have been a social butterfly. I have been traveling to a ton of different places and I want to give you a little recap because I didn't vlog about it at all. I didn't do YouTube vlogs. I didn't do TikTok vlogs, literally nothing. And so I wanted to use the intro of this podcast to give you a recap of what I've been up to. So I just got back to Miami this Monday, I believe. Yeah, this Monday. It's currently Thursday when I'm recording this. On Monday, I got back to Miami after over two weeks of travel. I was gone from Sunday to Monday, but like two weeks in a day of that. And so I started my travels by going to the great state of Ohio. It was my very first time in Ohio. I've never been before. And I don't necessarily want to go back. No offense to any people that are born and raised in Ohio that live in Ohio. One of my best friends actually lives in Ohio. She lives in Columbus. And I wanted to see her that trip, but she was actually out of town like the weekends that I was going. So it didn't work out. But I feel like I saw what I needed to see. I went to Cleveland and it's not considered one of the like nicest cities. Maybe it is. And I, I hate if I'm offending people. I am so sorry. People can say that about where I'm from. That's okay. But I mean, I was pleasantly surprised because I think the downtown area was really pretty and there were like a ton of pretty buildings and I did a lot of walking there. I went on a lot of walks in Cleveland, but I was there because the Forbes 30 Under 30 Summit was going on. And if you didn't know, me and my co-founder who lives in Miami, my co-founder Connor, we were on the Forbes 30 Under 30 local list. So that was really exciting because I had no idea where we were going to be on it. We didn't apply for it. Someone reached out to us about it and it was very serendipitous, I guess, because I am not someone who like checks my LinkedIn messages that much. But for some reason, I checked my LinkedIn messages, which honestly, bad habit. After this, I started checking them more. But I checked my LinkedIn messages and I got a message from a Forbes editor and she was like, hey, I've tried to email you, didn't get a response, which she must have had the wrong email because I did look at my emails even in my spam folder and I never saw her name on it. But anyways, she said that she tried to email me and she is like wrapping up the Forbes 30 under 30 list. And so she just like has to ask me a few questions. And I didn't even know they were doing a local list this year. So I was so excited. It wasn't a guarantee that we were going to be on it. It was more for a nomination. And so she asked me a bunch of questions about our revenue traction, how we started it, all about Rella. And so I answered those and I had to fill out this long like Google Doc or 
Google form. That's what it is. And then a few weeks later, found when the list came out, we found out that we got it. And so I was so excited. And I've always had a goal to be on Forbes 30 under 30. And I don't know if this is considered because it is a local list. I'm like, is it considered Forbes 30 under 30? Like, do I put Forbes 30 under 30 in my bio? Do I sound credible by saying it? So I don't know if I'm going to do that. What do you guys think? Do you guys think it's like annoying when people put Forbes 30 under 30 in their bio? Because to me, I just like feel weird putting that in there. And because it was a local list, which I'm still super proud of and like so excited that we got, I don't know if I like, I don't know. I'm like, do I put that in my bio? Am I going to be that person? There's nothing against people that do that because most people do. I just feel awkward doing that. Like I feel awkward calling attention to myself in that way. Any other way of calling attention to myself, I'm on it. You know, I'm an influencer. So yeah, I'm going to post on social media about things. But for some reason that I'm like, oh my God, it's like imposter syndrome. That's what it is. It's it's just imposter syndrome where I don't know if I want to put it in my bio or not. So TBD, I really want to get on the national list. So we'll see about that. I know I am nominated for that, but like, I feel like a million people are nominated for that. So I don't know if I'll get that. But that would be so sick if I could get on the national list as well. But anyways, I'm happy with getting on the local list. I thought that that was like so cool. Anyways, because of that, they were having a Forbes 30 under 30 summit in Ohio. And so we got invited, all of the listers got invited. And so I found out that a lot of people from Miami were going. And so I decided to go. And it was so much fun. And I feel like I have a whole group of friends now, like I'm spending Halloween with a lot of the people that were on the list that went to Ohio. They're doing a Friendsgiving and I'm going to that. And I'm just like, wow, this was so random that I got this. And I almost didn't if I didn't check my LinkedIn messages. And then the fact that now I have a bunch of new friends from it is really cool. So I was very happy about that. And that's why I was in Ohio. And I thought it was cool. I was there from Sunday afternoon to Wednesday early morning. And then I flew straight from Ohio to Dallas, Texas. And Dallas is one of my favorite cities because my best friend lives there. So I love visiting Dallas. And Dallas reminds me a lot of Charlotte. So I actually genuinely enjoy Dallas. And I feel like I could totally live there. I don't want to live there. It's not a place I want to move to right now. But if I had a family and wanted to like raise kids, and I think I could so see myself in Dallas. I don't have any ties to Dallas besides my best friend being there. But I could totally see myself like raising a family there. I actually genuinely really, really love it. And I feel like the people are really nice. I like the people in Dallas more than I like the people in Charlotte. However, I do think it's because I grew up with the people in Charlotte. And I think wherever you grow up, you just want something different. I grew up in Charlotte and I feel like I know everyone and I feel like it's such a small town now. So when I go out there, I'm like seeing the same people and it's like the same type of people. And so because Dallas is a bigger city, I feel like there's like different types of people there and there's a lot of content creators and there's more founders. I feel like they're like, I feel like in Charlotte, everyone's kind of the same. If you guys listened to my podcast slash YouTube video, about living in Miami, New York, LA and Charlotte and comparing the four of them. I said the same thing. And I had the same complaint about Charlotte. It just feels like everyone's the same. Like I felt so different being a content creator. And now I feel different being like a founder there where I feel like in Miami, LA, New York, it's not that different. And I feel like in Dallas, it's still it's not obviously not like New York or LA level, but I feel like it's definitely more accepted. And so that's why I just I, I like it a lot. So I visited her I was supposed to leave on Monday and go to New York for the entire tech week. But I pushed tech week back because I realized that 
I was having a lot of anxiety and it's kind of what this episode is going to be about. It's not about anxiety, but it's about letting go of control. And it's something that me and Julie spent a lot of time talking about. And it was just something that I was feeling a lot of, you know, when you like are with your family or your friends and you just feel so yourself and you feel so at peace and you feel so just like safe, I guess. That's how I felt there because I was like with my best friend. It was just so easy being with her and like getting my work done and being productive, but then also like having a chance to catch up and cook and like be together. And I felt so much anxiety going to New York. I just felt so anxious and I just didn't want to go. And I was absolutely dreading it. And so I was like, why am I going? Like, yes, it's for tech week, but I also had a realization because I did go to a few networking events when I ended up going to New York afterwards, I did have a realization that networking events are not my thing. And my time is it's so much better spent elsewhere. And I talked about this in my last YouTube video in my New York vlog, but networking events to me are such a waste of time for me personally. I think a lot of people can get something out of it. But for me personally, if I am going with the intention of like being productive, it's not going to work. If I want to meet friends, sure, I think networking events can be good. But if I want to be productive and like meet someone that's going to like help Rella or like become an investor or become a customer, one hour business model is not enough to go out one on one to meet people to become customers like our like monthly selling point, it's better spent doing things that will acquire a bunch of people. So like social media, creating content, doing outreach to a bunch of people at one time, email blasts, like our time is better spent doing that instead of just going out to an event for an hour to find one creator that's going to pay us $20 a month, you know? So anyways, that's one thing. Also, the odds of me finding an investor or someone that is going to really like help us in person are really slim because we are such a niche industry. And so if I'm going to a networking event, I'm spending an hour, two hours of my time at this networking event, and there's no one there that can help my two hours is so much better spent on the computer doing the research targeting the right people, because my cold email outreach open rate response rate is so it's really high. And I attribute it to the fact that I am a content creator and an influencer. And I think my online presence is slightly impressive to investors and to people in the business world. I don't have that many followers or anything. But like, I have been doing this for a long time. And I am a creator. And there's proof of that when I'm contacting you. And so I do think people are more receptive to speak to me versus when I'm meeting you in person, you don't know who I am, you don't know anything about me, I could just be anyone, the odds of me running into someone that will actually help are so much slimmer. So I just realized that networking events are not a good use of my time. So I'm not really going to go to them anymore, unless I want to socialize, like if I want to socialize, great, I'll go to them. But like, if I am fooling myself into thinking that networking events is what's going to like really propel my business, it's not it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. 
Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me. I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the heirs tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff, but who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream, it is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. So anyways, (laughs) that was a long-winded reason of why I was like, I'm going to stay in Dallas. And so I decided to stay in Dallas until Thursday And then I was spending the weekend in New York and I got to work with my favorite hotel in New York City. So that was so nice. So that's why I did want to go on Thursday so I could work with them. And then my sisters were coming in on Friday. And so I got to see my sisters this weekend and we got to have like a little girls trip, which was so much fun. And we went to the Giants Commanders game and my sister is dating someone that plays for the Commanders. And so I really wanted to go to a Commanders game because I haven't been to an NFL game before and or maybe I have when I was younger, but like I don't remember. So haven't really been to an NFL game before. And so we got to go to NFL game. They did lose. It was a pretty rough game, not going to lie. But before we got to go on the field and that was so much fun. Not only have I not gone to an NFL game, but we got to go on the field at MetLife Stadium. And all I could think about was, oh my God, Taylor Swift performed Getaway Car and Maroon here. And I am standing on the field that she performed this in. And I was just like thinking of her stage and I was thinking of like, oh my God, all of these seats, like the entire floor covered in seats, every single seat in the stadium being filled, just like trying to picture myself as Taylor Swift. 
And I was like, holy cow, like how does anyone have that level of fame and like live? I don't understand. And that was really cool. So that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I'm like, I don't know if MetLife is an iconic stadium or not, but like to me it is because that is where Taylor Swift performed her New York shows. Three in a row, Getaway Car Maroon. That's all I need to know. That was performed in this stadium. So I really liked going there and it was just so cool being able to see the players up close and see them practice on the field. I don't know. I just felt really cool. So Loved that. Becoming a football girl now, guys. I'm trying to get more into football. I got the NFL to send me, or I didn't get them. It was a surprise. I had no idea I was on the PR team for the NFL. But NFL partnered with Boss, which is like a clothing designer, and Hugo Boss. And so they partnered with that designer. And they're making like sweatshirts and like leather jackets. And I got sent a Cowboys leather jacket that is so sick. It is so sick. It literally retails for $700. And when I saw it, I was like, look, I'm a Cowboys fan now. This jacket alone makes me a Cowboys fan. And so I think it's a sign that I need to go to a Cowboys game because I feel like that stadium is really cool. But yeah, I was so excited. So went to New York on Thursday, went to a networking event, was not great. And then hung out with my sisters. And I just realized like New York is not for me anymore, which is totally okay. I've kind of like outgrown it, I feel like, or (laughs) I've outgrown it. Like New York is beneath me. No, I just don't like it anymore. Like I feel like my time loving New York has kind of passed, but the game was super, super, super cool. And I am so happy that I got to experience that. And then I came home. So I went to three cities in two weeks, lots of travel, lots of work, lots of being productive and also lots of socializing because Ohio I'm not gonna lie the Forbes 30 under 30 thing it's literally like freshman year of college there was a bar crawl it was so much fun would just like it literally felt like freshman year of college like everyone's trying to make friends and meet people and it was so much fun and I got to meet so many people and I really liked it so anyways that was my two weeks I'm back in Miami now I love to be back here because it's warm like I'm so glad I got to experience some fall weather but like I am very happy that I am back in Miami because I don't do well with the cold and it was pretty chilly and I'm also tired of wearing the same things and I also realized like don't get me wrong I love a good leather jacket but that is all I wear I was like tired of myself I wanted to be like Natalie get a new wardrobe like this is ridiculous this is not your uniform all I wear is leather in the fall that's it like I don't have other jackets even the Dallas Cowboys one that they sent me which I am obsessed with leather which so thankful (laughs) but I just like don't own anything besides leather jackets so I need some fashion help and I need someone to help me pick out outfits and how can I stay warm when it's like crisp fall weather without a leather jacket like what do people wear I literally don't own anything else so I'm tired of wearing the same stuff. I was tired of traveling. I'm so happy to be back in Miami. The weather here is insanely nice right now. It's like in the 70s, no humidity or like little humidity compared to the summer. And it's just so nice because when I did leave for my two week trip, it was still so hot here. So that's my little two week recap. But I wanted to get into the meat of this episode, which is about letting go of control. I had this realization the past two weeks that I am someone that I need to control my life. I need to control the situation. I need to control my life. I'm someone that's always kind of had a grip on things. I've been someone that I am pretty stubborn, I would say, like once you get to know me. It's funny because I don't know if it comes across like that on social media. Let me know if you can sense my stubbornness on social media. 
I don't think so because it comes out like when you're dealing with me in person, I feel like. But I am pretty stubborn and I am someone that I want to control every situation. If I want to do something, I will go out and I will do it and I will put things into my own hands. I feel like there are some people that they want to do something and there's a million excuses and it's always like, well, it's because, you know, the reason why I'm not doing this is because like my boss won't give me a raise or the reason why I'm not doing this is because my, you know, parents are blah, 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 blah. Like they usually blame external factors for the reason why they are not doing something. I've never been like that which is great. I think it's a positive quality until it's not. <laughs> I'm definitely someone that I'm like, I'm just going to go out and do it. Like, why would I not do it? Like, if I want to do something, it's 100% in my control and in my hands. And it's worked out for me, because I do think it's a positive trait. But I think when you have such a tight grip on everything in your life, whether that's your job, your relationship, your career, your, you know, just everything, like all of your decisions, it's so hard to loosen. And that can be really unhealthy and really bad. And I realized that I'm someone that has a tight grip on things. And if something doesn't go my way, I get really upset and I get flustered. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, this isn't what I planned. And even though there are moments in my life where I haven't planned them, I've never felt more out of control. That's not in the, the crazy way. But like, just being in a season where I have no idea what's next in my life. I think it's because it's my second year going into singleness. I'm someone that's been in a relationship for a really long time. I have been a relationship girl. I've always had a relationship for the most part since I have been an adult, which is crazy because it's funny because when I was in high school, I got my first boyfriend when I was 17. I was almost 18. It was like beginning. I had three, four months left of being 18 and we started dating and I remember in high school thinking I was so late to the game. I was like, oh my God, I'm 17 years old and I've never had a boyfriend before. And this was in high school where like everyone had a boyfriend, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, like I never had a boyfriend. So I felt so insecure about that. And I got my first boyfriend my senior year of high school, second semester, senior year of high school. And I just remember thinking like, yes, like I finally did it. Like I finally got one. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not why we dated. Like I genuinely liked him a lot. And so that is why we dated. But I just felt so behind. And looking back now, I wish I could like tell my 17 year old self, like you are not behind. And also just like, it's so nice to be single. Like it's singleness is such a gift. And it's something that I've just recently learned. And this episode is not about dating or anything like that. But that is something that I'm going to talk about because it is about me like not having control on my life. And so I wish I could tell myself like, no, 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 you're not going to be single for the next 10 years of your life. Please enjoy this now. But when you're in high school, everything seems like a big deal, including never having a boyfriend. Like I felt so behind, like never having kissed someone until I was 15 or 16, because most people had kissed someone when they were like 13 years old. And I remember people would ask me like, oh, what was your first kiss like? And I hadn't kissed anyone. And I was so embarrassed. Like sometimes I would lie. I'm not kidding. I would literally lie. I'd be like, oh, it was nice. Yeah, it was cool. It was quick. I don't remember who it was with. <laughs> I don't know if I ever said I don't remember, but I was like, oh, like it was like on a family vacation. He doesn't live here. <laughs> I feel like that's classic. Like if you actually had your first kiss on a family vacation and he didn't live there, people don't believe you because that is the go-to line when you are lying about your first kiss. <laughs> and that was me in high school because I just felt so late to the game. So if you remember me telling you that story of my first kiss being with some guy that was on vacation that I no one knows, yeah, it's a lie. 
never happened. I just felt so late to the game. (laughs) So anyways, I wish I could tell myself, no, 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 you're fine. But I can't. So anyways, I've been in a relationship forever. And this is my first year being single. And what I'm trying to say with that is when I've been in relationships, and I'm sure my relationship girlies can relate to this, you have a grasp on your life unless of course you're in like a really toxic relationship or certain situations but like for me I kind of knew like okay I'm dating this person this person likes me things are good like I felt like I could control the situation like if we fought I knew how to fix it if there was something wrong I knew how to fix it I knew what was to come like okay we would go on dates and we would go on double dates and we would see our friends and we were on the path not every relationship obviously but like my last relationship I was like okay and then the next step is like engaged married whatever and you have a path you have a grasp on your life and so when that gets upended when I went through a breakup I felt like I didn't have control in that aspect it was like before that I had a path I was like okay these are the next steps and then when you go through a breakup poof, that path disappears and you're just in a forest and you're lost and you're like, there's a million directions to go. What do I do? And so that's kind of how I feel. And that's kind of how I, you know, you feel when you are going through being single. So in that aspect of my life, I have no idea when I'm going to meet someone. I have no idea when I'm going to have my next boyfriend or husband or when I'm going to start a family. Like when you're dating someone, you're like, okay, we'll probably get engaged after this many years. And then the engagement will last a year and then we'll get married. And then I don't want to have kids for another two years and blah, 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 blah. Like you think about those things right now. I'm like, okay, my relationship status is not up in the air, but like when I'm going to find that next person is. And so I feel like that is so scary but I've actually learned to really, really love it. And especially the past few months, I'm like, wow, it has been like such a gift. But still, I am so used to being in control. Like even afterwards, like if I, you know, I haven't really like liked anyone that much this past year. Like I've had crushes, obviously, because having a crush is so much fun. But even with that, it's like I've tried to control the situation and it never worked in my favor. Like me trying to control having a crush on someone and being like, oh, I want them to text me or I want them to do this or I want to hang out with them. It never works. It never works out the way that you want it to. People are going to do what they want to do. And when you are not in control of it, like when you're in a relationship, not to say that you can control your significant other, because that's not what I'm saying, but you can be open with them. You can tell them how you feel. You can fix things. You could, you just like know what's going to happen kind of. When you're single and you have a crush, you can't do that. Like you can't do that. And it's going to make you go crazy. And so not that I've experienced that that much, but it's just the feeling of like unknown and like who knows what's going to happen. So that's one aspect of my life. Then there's the aspect of work. So with Rella, for example, I am someone who I have always loved the process of building things. I have loved building a company, starting little businesses, starting these little like freelance things. I love the excitement of starting something new. And so for a long time, Rella was in that like new startup stage. Don't get me wrong. We are still a startup. We're still early stage, but I've been doing this for two years now. I've gotten into a routine and it's not as exciting anymore. Not to say I don't love it, but it's kind of like I imagine when you get married and you're like out of the honeymoon stage and think you're just kind of like coasting with your partner. That's kind of how I feel like I am with Rella right now, where I'm just like coasting. Obviously, it's not coasting because it's a startup and there's like new things every day, but I'm not in the excited stage of, oh my God, this is so new. Like we're launching this day. 
we're now releasing features. We have like a sprint cycle. So we like release new builds every week to every two weeks. We have, you know, our weekly meetings. We have our content calendar. Like there's nothing super new. And so you're just like in the day to day. And with that, the world is up in the air. I can't control how many people convert. I can't control how many users we get. All of that is like out of my control versus when I was building and when Rella was starting, I could control the launch. I could control the hype. I could control the launch. I can control all of that. I can't control the way Rella does. Obviously, there are things I can do, of course. And I'm doing everything in my power to be a good leader. I'm doing everything in my power to be a good business owner, to be, you know, transparent with our users, to continue to acquire new users, to, you know, do little things that are going to help us convert. How do we bring back users that stopped using us? Like all of this stuff. Like, of course I can do that. There's a strategy. We're doing it. But at the end of the day, it's out of my control. I cannot go up to people and force them to give us money. I cannot go up to people and force them to do anything. And so that is out of my control. To an extent, obviously the way that if your business succeeds or not is in your control. But what I'm just saying is like, it's not the building process that I could have so much control over. And so that is also like such a new, honestly scary feeling as well. And in other aspects, even with friendships, like one of my best friends is moving out of Miami soon. Like I can't control that. She is moving, whether I like it or not. And then I'm like, what am I going to do? That's like my best friend leaving and I'm going to be in Miami. And obviously I have my other friends here, but you know, it's hard. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And it's so out of my control. And I was looking back at my life and I was looking back at all the other moments where I felt this infliction point where I was like lonely or lost or confused or felt out of control where things weren't you know, predictable and smooth and like how exactly I wanted them to go. And I was looking at those moments and I was thinking what came out of those moments. And every single time something so impactful, something that changed the trajectory of my life, something, it just like made sense of why things didn't go my way. And it made sense of why it didn't go the way that I had planned. And I think back to, you know, I'm someone that like my faith is super important to me. And I do believe that God has a bigger plan for us. And people say that all the time. God has a bigger plan for you. Just trust him. And it's a nice quote. It's a nice postcard. But sometimes you don't really want to hear that. Sometimes you're like, okay, what is it? Like, please, God, tell me the plan because I am so confused. And I really encourage everyone that's listening to this to take a step back and to be look at their life and see where that quote, where that line makes sense in your life with, wow, things didn't go my way. And look what happened, something so much better and something so much bigger. And that is what people mean when they say God has a bigger and better plan. And if you don't actually take the time to like sit back and look at that and reflect, like it's easy to think, hello, God, when's the plan going to appear? And the plan's been appearing before our eyes, guys. Like the plan has been appearing. And I always think of it kind of as like that invisible string philosophy. Taylor Swift has a song on it. Great song. But it's pretty much about, and I'm going to butcher it, so bear with me, but how there's this like invisible string in your life that just like you get to see throughout your life that makes sense of, and, and it all connects. Like everything connects and everything starts making sense. And for me, when I think back at moments where I haven't had control and I felt lost, like I was saying, those are the moments where I see God has worked the most. 
And those are the moments where I have seen that like invisible string that I'm like, God, you're sneaky for doing this. You really are because it's just made so much sense. Like, for example, if I didn't go through my breakup, which was the hardest period of my life, like that was so hard to deal with. I was so sad. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like the Taylor Swift song, I'm referencing Taylor Swift a lot because she just speaks to me in so many different ways. But the song for I think it's for Fifty Shades of Grey and she sang it with Zane. But the quote that's like wondering if I dodged a bullet or just lost the love of my life. And I'm not saying my ex was a bullet that I dodged because I do not believe. However, that was kind of what I was feeling was like, did I make a good decision or did I literally just lose the love of my life? And now my life is over. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, I even though that was so hard and it caused me a lot of pain, the growth that I have experienced from over a year ago to now is insane or like the friendships that I made like I was talking to my friend Catherine yesterday about this if me and my ex didn't break up I would not have the friends I have today because I made those friendships slash deepened those friendships over that breakup every single one of my friendships has gotten deeper my friendship with Julie my friendship with all of my friends here in Miami I've made new friends every single one has gotten deeper and those girls are like they're one of the most important things to me like those friendships that the community that I've made, I've gotten more involved in church, I've done like small groups and met so many wonderful people. That is something that is absolutely unforgettable, not even unforgettable, like life changing to me that I can't believe like, I'm just like, okay, God, you knew what you were doing. Like you knew what you were doing. I just knew that breakup brought me these beautiful friendships that I will literally cherish forever. And I know that the reason why we broke up was a good reason. And this period of singleness has literally made me grow so much. There's so many things even in this period where I've realized, wow, like if I wasn't in the season of singleness, I would have never experienced those moments of joy. I would have never experienced these lessons that I've had to learn. I would have never related to this situation, whatever. And I just realized like, even though that was a moment where I felt so lost, so confused, so hurt, it brought so much good. And guess what? I didn't have control in that situation. That was a moment where I lost control. I loosened my grip and just let go and was like, my life is up for grabs in the sense of like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Another moment where this happened was when I left New York City. I was reading my journal the other day, which highly recommend having a journal if you don't have one already. But I was reading my journal. Side note, I'm almost done with my journal. I've never finished a journal before. I've always had like little diaries, little journals, because I've always been a writer. And I've always liked to vent on paper. For some reason, it feels more like real to me or like I've always put my prayers on paper. I feel like if I don't write them down, then like they're not real, which isn't true. But I just really like to write things down. I'm almost done with my journal from that I started in 2020 when I left New York. I started it the month I left New York or like right before I left New York. And I remember reading it and being like, I feel like a failure. I feel like a fraud. I feel so lost. And it was just like a bad time in my life in so many different areas too. And I was like, I am so sad. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, this isn't the way that my life was supposed to go. Like this isn't the way that things were supposed to end up. And I was really upset. And I was like, you know what, but I can have control of the situation and I'll move back. I was like, COVID will eventually, you know, like things will open up again and I'll move back to New York. And did I ever move back to New York? No. But when I was trying to control the situation, that's what I thought was going to happen. And 
Now I look back at that moment and I'm like, oh my goodness, moving out of New York was the best decision you could have made because I would have never started Rella if I was in New York. I had the idea for Rella the month after I left New York. I would have never thought to start a company while I was in New York City, I think. I just don't think I would have. I think I needed to be home. I needed to have less risk. I I just wouldn't have done it. And I'm like, wow, like that was so great. And also I moved to Miami. I love Miami so much more than I like New York. I've made way better friends here. Like I had no friends in New York. I had my boyfriend who lived in Boston and that was it. Like that was my friendships. And so the fact that I moved from New York and it ended up being the best decision ever is so amazing. And I'm just like, thank you, God. Like, I would pray all the time. I'd be like, God, please let me move back to New York or like have something up here that lets me move back to New York. And it never did because I knew that it wasn't meant for me. But that was a moment where I didn't have control and things turned out so much better. And I didn't know that right away. I was living at home with my parents for months. I was not happy living at home. I did not want to do that. It was harder on my relationship. Like it was not like in the moment I was like, oh, I'm loosening control and things are going to work. And I felt that things were going to work out. Like, no, in the moment I tried so hard to control things and like it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And guess what? It's so much better that way. It's so much better that way. Like I remember even looking at like one bedroom apartments. Like I am so happy I wasn't there. Another one of those situations was in high school. I remember after my freshman year of high school, I had a friend that we were like best friends and we drifted apart and I just felt super sad. And I feel like I I didn't have any friends going into my sophomore year of high school. Like I did not have friends, pretty much none. Like I was really, really lonely. I didn't start having friends until sophomore year of high school. But my summer going into sophomore year of high school, I had no friends and I felt super lonely. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why don't I have friends? Everyone else does. Why do I always make friends? And then they kind of like go away. Like I really, I struggled with friendship guys for years. Up until Miami, I've really struggled with friendships. College, post-college, like I have definitely struggled with that. And I have a whole podcast episode on that too. But for me in my sophomore year or going into my sophomore year, I was really, really lonely. I spent, everyone was like doing fun things with their friends in the summer. They were like hanging out with people and I didn't have anything to do. So one day I decided to prop my laptop up and film a YouTube video. And because I was lonely and because I had no friends, I made the single decision that would change my entire life and the best decision I have ever made in my entire life. And I uploaded a YouTube video. And then I uploaded YouTube videos almost every single day that summer. I was on a roll. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. I got to get back to that. But because of that moment, because I was lonely and I was down on myself, that is when God showed up and was like, I'm putting you in this situation for something better to come along. And I didn't realize it then. And until I started sitting down and like actually recording this podcast, I never thought about it like that. Like I did not think about it as like, hmm, what were moments where I had no control in a situation? Like I wanted those girls to be my friends. I wanted my friend that I drifted apart with to like want to hang out with me. And she didn't. And that was, again, out of my control. And I had to let go of that or it was kind of like taken out of my hand, if you will. And the best things came out of it. And so I'm excited to look back on this episode a year from now, because right now I am in a spot where I am like, God, I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what you're trying to do, but I am trying so hard to control this situation. I'm trying so hard to control every aspect of my life. And it's not working. It's not going my way. It's not 
happening the way I want it to happen. It's not what I expected. It's not how I would have written about it and drafted it up. It doesn't feel like a movie. You know, I'm like, I'm confused. I'm lost. I am in a season where I'm just like, hello, did you forget about me? And I just know I'm reminding myself this episode is more of a reminder to me than anything that God does have a bigger plan. And that only happens when you loosen your grip and you let things go and you're open palms and you're like, okay, I am giving it to you. And I believe that. But I do think regardless of what you believe, if you just trust the process, if you open your hands and you're like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see what, you know, let the invisible string kind of work its way. I think that you will see all of these points that connect and it's all going to make sense in the end. And I think that just gives me so much peace of mind. So when I'm feeling anxiety about the season of my own, when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling like, oh my God, why are things not going my way? I just have to remind myself that I know that there's a bigger plan. I know that it's going to work out. I know that something is working here. And I am so, so, so grateful for that. And I just hope that this resonates with some of you. Maybe some of you are in this season where you kind of feel like your life is up in the air or you don't know what's going on or maybe something isn't going your way. You're like hoping someone texts you. You're hoping to get something like hear from a job and, you know, you haven't heard from them. You're hoping that a boy is going to text you. You're hoping that like you're going to sign this next client, whatever it is. I don't know, but you can't control it. You're just like trying for it to happen. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do any work, don't do anything, but you know what I'm talking about, things that are out of our control. So just lift your palms up, face up, and just say, whatever happens, happens. And I am trusting that there's a bigger plan out there and it's going to work out. And that's what I've been doing lately. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. There's not moments where I'm like, oh, nice. I'm just trusting in the process. No, 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 no. It's really hard. But the more I've been spending time in my Bible, the more I've been praying, the more I'm just like, God, do your thing. I trust you. And I hope that you guide me on where I need to go. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to be like, oh, psych. <laughs> like, <laughs> never mind. Like, that's not going to happen. And I needed this podcast episode for myself. I just gave myself a little pep talk. I hope it helped some of you. I think it was really just put on my heart to talk about this. And it's something that has been like a theme in my life the past few months. And Julie and I were talking about it a lot. And we just had like, it was such a realization to me that I am just such a control freak. And I didn't think I was. I never would use those words to describe myself until I started looking back and being like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to control everything. And things usually go my way. And when they don't, I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And then I look back at the moments when things didn't go my way and when I didn't plan them and when I tried so hard to get them to work. And those are the moments that have been like the biggest blessings. And so I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Usually my solo episodes are a little shorter and this one was a little longer, but I hope that you guys enjoyed it. If you guys are watching on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment. And if you guys are listening, be sure to share it. Let me know what you think. I love when you guys DM me after episodes. I feel like podcasting is so one-sided and I want to have conversations with you. So please just like DM me and let's talk about this. And I hope that this helped and I hope you feel peace about whatever it is you're going through. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next Monday. Bye guys. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.